you got to do a fade out. Is this what this is? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we have the rights to that song, so I'll have to check into that. Have we always had that? Welcome back <laughs> to episode nine of the Thoughtful Thursday podcast. This episode, we have Cammie, Mike, Daniel, and myself back with you. And today we're talking about the eternal impact of a simple invitation and how a simple invitation to someone um, can really impact their lives when we invite them to church. And um, we've kind of, you know, uh, before each episode, we... We kind of start the conversation and, and have a little talk. So I'm interested how this discussion is going to go because it feels a little contentious. Also, Daniel's in a mood uh, today. so Salty. <clears throat> Got salty. We Dan need to add day. that as a <laughs> yeah, sound effect. Salty Dan. <laughs> I'm never salty. So uh, this past Sunday, uh, Mike, you, you, we ended um, – our service with a video um, that was just encouraging, challenging uh, those of us in church to invite someone to church. And um, I, uh, just because of variety of issues, I, I didn't know that video was playing. Um, and and so it was a pretty impactful video. There was a couple stats um, in that video that I just wanted to to bring up and maybe start our conversation. The first one was 50% of Christians have not invited anyone to church in the last year. Um, and then in answering the question, why did you come to church or why are you at church? Eight out of 10 people say it's because someone invited them. So obviously this is a, I mean, that's a huge number, 80% of people that are, are here at church. Um, or, I mean, obviously that's a stat you know, that's maybe not our church, but 80% of people that are in church are there because someone has invited them. And yet, uh, only 50% or less than 50% of people have invited someone in the last year. So, uh, let's just start off our conversation by why do we think that is that the number is so low that people are not inviting, uh, those around them to church and into something deeper. And um, maybe what challenges have you faced in your life and your own story of uh, making an invite to other people? I don't invite people to our church because I don't like the preaching or the music <laughs> or the people. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, there's always truth in jokes, Daniel. <laughs> There's I, always a little bit of truth in every kid. I am interested at this table how, what have you all been invited to? Like, like I was invited to church when I was a kid by my dad. The invitation was go to church or get a whooping. I was just about to say, <laughs> mine might be pretty similar to yours. That was the invitation to a decision. <laughs> the but, invitation was you have no option. You're going to church. But I, I also can remember times where I was invited to make my faith my own or to, you know, to take it more seriously. But I'm curious what other people's experience has been. I mean, that's, that is a hundred percent my story. And that's why I'm in ministry today is because uh, my youth pastor, Pat, uh, really challenged me to shout out, Pat, shout out Pat Schwank. You're a beautiful man. Um, 
really challenged me to make my faith my own. And, you know, Hey, is this just your parents' faith or is it your faith? And, you know, really an invitation and a challenge and an encouragement to something more. And, um, but you were already going to church, right? Was that just kind of the family? That's what y'all did. Yeah. There was no option. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you're going to church. This is part of what it means to live in the Walborn house. So, yeah, I grew up going to church and did not find it in enjoying or fulfilling at all. I do remember though, in when I was in junior high, my brother and his best friend, um, went to a weekend retreat for student ministry and they were older than me. They were in high school at the time and they came back and we were playing football in the yard like we always did. And I got tackled and probably let a bad word slip. Sorry, mom. (laughs) And they literally beat the tar out of me (laughs) for cussing. And I was like, what is going on? And they're like, we don't do that anymore. We met Jesus. And I was like, well, well I did it. Yeah. <laughs> going Old Testament on you, huh? They did. Stone him. So um, so they they invited me to go to the youth group. Um, and that was just a different experience for me. And that started that journey. Did they off, also threaten to beat you up if you didn't go to church? Or, or? did they offer and remind you that there will be girls at youth group? <laughs> was that the invitation? That wasn't the invitation, but whenever I walked in the doors, I was like, what? <laughs> and I met my wife there. Hmm. Carrying all those church chairs. Where's the happy? Yes. If I get a wah, wah, that just keeps going until you hit it, huh? Oh, no, no, it'll go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I also grew up going to church. Um, and sure, it was expected, but I, I really did love my church. I loved going to church. And I'm not saying that, like, eh. oh. I just, um, I we had a good church. I don't know how else to describe it. So I did enjoy it. Um, but definitely, I think as I grew older, um, there was always invitations for more go on this mission trip or, um, you know, join this Bible study or, you know, I, I always enjoyed, I enjoyed being at church as well. It was never like the preaching or the music mm-hmm. though. It, and to bolster the point that the video made, I think it wasn't the preaching. It wasn't the music. It was my friends were there and yeah. we'd play football after church, you know, outside a big patch of grass and, you know, we'd play basketball in the gym together. Like, so it was the people, not all the other stuff. Yeah, actually, it, it was funny. Um, I was on a trip this this week, and um, my mom and I were talking. And we were talking about this guy that invested in me when I was in junior high, high school. Uh, his name's Matt Gretton, another great, great guy. Shout out, Matt. Shout out, Matt. Um but I was homeschooled. I was a dorky kid. Like I was not the guy that you know was people, was. Uh, I'm not homeschooled anymore for what it's worth. Um, but, it's not, let's let's not blame the homeschooling <laughs> on the the dorkiness on the homeschooling. Um, but you know he picked me up 
every single Tuesday throughout the summer and, you know, would take me and we would play uh, ultimate Frisbee with a big group of guys and, you know, just a bunch of high schoolers and stuff. And, and that was like my first introduction to like youth group. I think it was like maybe even around the time I was like getting to youth group age and, um, man, that made such a huge difference for Mm -hmm. me and just being involved and getting to know people and, you know, and we go eat wings afterwards. Yeah, I cannot legitimately, I cannot remember, and this is not a knock. This is just a reality. I cannot remember a single message that was ever preached in church or in youth group when I was a kid. But I do remember when my youth pastor would call me and say, hey, can I come pick you up when we go to Subway? I remember sitting in Subway. I remember conversations that we had that were silly conversations like, uh, <laughs> like one time he asked me if I, I'd, started eating my sub and I didn't pray. And he's like, are you going to pray? I was like, I don't know. He was like, why wouldn't you pray? Aren't you thankful for your food? Like I was being an idiot teenager, but I was like, well, are you thankful you can poop every day? Pray before you do that. (laughs) That's a fair question. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I am challenge, challenge the system. (laughs) And you know, he just smiled and looked at me like, you're such an idiot and I want to smack you. And he probably should have, but I remember that, but I don't remember a message. I remember the fact that he didn't smack me, but I probably deserved it. Message of grace. (laughs) Message of grace. I was sarcastic then too. So this, I come by this honestly. Just because you did it earlier in life and still do it doesn't mean you come by it honestly. Whatever. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going back to your original question. um, Yeah, sorry. The the why why do we think that is that 50% of people of Christians haven't made an invite? I mean, I, all we can do is speculate, right? I don't know. Sure. Um, my, my first thought is I'm quick to invite people to things that I'm passionate about. Right. So if I'm not passionate about it, um, Mm. I'm, there's nothing in me that feels a need to share and bring someone that I love into it. Yeah. I think, I think it speaks to the weightiness of spirituality. Um, because yeah, I'm, you know, I'm quick. We might be quick to invite people to, I don't know, whatever it is, you're running an Amish romance novel book club. Okay. We might be quick to just say invite people to a workout. Um, or to a, a group or whatever it is. <clears throat> There's a weightiness to spirituality, I think. And like a, and they, I don't, I don't know if people would like, would say this out loud, but it's like, man, I am hesitant to, hesitant to invite somebody to this because this seems to maybe matter a whole lot more than these other things. Well, and that makes me nervous. Sure. I mean, and don't you think even culturally, what two things do you not talk about right. when you get together with family politics yep. and religion? And yeah. so I, I feel like there's maybe even the stigma mm-hmm. that, Hey, we, we just don't talk about these things cause they're, you know, yeah. maybe w- could fair. make someone uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, or it could even make you uncomfortable, which is maybe less fair. Um, I know for me, and I'm, uh, you know, I'll just be transparent here. I really wrestle with this because I feel like people 
assume because I'm a pastor that I'm going to invite everybody that everybody at chief supermarket. And, and I feel like I have maybe fought against that in a really unhealthy way. Like, Oh, you expect me to do this? Like, and, and maybe, maybe you guys' experience is different than mine, but almost every event I go to, I'm the one that's asked to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, family occasions, you know, get togethers, holidays. I started telling my family, you can get someone else to pray. Uh, that was the joke for a while. Like, Oh, you know, we sent you to Bible school, you know, we're helping you pay for Bible school. You gotta, you know, you gotta pray. Um, and that, uh, that always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Um, and so I feel like I've, I, I probably, I'm just thinking over the last year and how many people I personally invited to church and this is not a high number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely a fear. We don't invite people to church or just and or just initiate a conversation about uh, spirituality or God or whatnot because we are afraid of rejection or we don't want to have that awkward conversation yep. um, or maybe we don't want to offend them. Like when we're inviting into something like that, I think the first reaction people may think, well, oh, so you think I'm just a sinner and my life is horrible and I need... Yes, we all are. <laughs> the answer is a yes. yes. Yeah. So I think just getting over that fear, which for me, that means that I'm full of myself. My eyes are just all on myself and we are forgetting that, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in us and gives us that boldness and power and will speak through us. Um, so that's my problem. But also in, in we're, you know, Speaking of working at the church, I use it as an excuse because I'm like, well, I can't meet them at the door. I can't w- sit with them in service because um, I'm, you know, yeah. busy in the kids campus or whatever. It's just an excuse. Yeah. yeah. Mine is similar to yours. Well, to both of yours in the foundational aspect that I'm a pastor, but it's more so not because people expect me to. So I'm not going to do something because you just expect me to. But there's even times I'm hesitant and like, I'll admit this when people, when a conversation gets to the place when someone's like, Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, here we go. Like all immediately, all the guards are going to go up all the, um, you know, cause that's not a false assumption because I have seen it happen in very awkward ways. I mean, I did a kayaking tour and the tour guide bunny was like my best friend. We're telling jokes. He's paddling next to me for, 30 minutes and then he's like oh what do you do i'm a pastor literally didn't say another word and sped up it was just like wow. i'm impressed you were able to paddle for 30 minutes <laughs> i was just about to say given previous experience i'm surprised he had to even speed up it, it was so obvious everyone else in our group was like well that was weird it's like yeah he was telling me about it. he was drinking you know last night and you know it, it's literally experience almost every time yeah. so it's not because That's like tough. other church people expect me as the pastor to do it but because once they find out I'm a pet, they're like, oh, of course he's going to invite me to church. Like, yeah. Not because he really wants me there or cares, but because, you know, he's supposed to do that. Yeah. The advantage I have is when I tell people I'm a pastor, they just don't believe me. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> really? No. Huh. <laughs> Weird. Is yeah. some biker church? <laughs> I still think there are people in my family that haven't bought it. <laughs> I think there's people on staff that haven't bought it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, you know, 
I think in general, a lot of it's fear and fear of what might be different for each person, fear of rejection, uh, fear of maybe ruining a relationship a little bit, you know, like it might just make things different from this point forward. If they say no, they're going to think I'd be mad at them. And so we just like avoid it sometimes. I think faith is unique in that it's, it truly is a part of you. And I think, you know, in the past, your work was who you were. And I feel like that culturally is really shift shifting to, you know, not identifying in what you do. But I, I feel like faith is such a personal thing that to, for someone to go, no, I'm good. You know, for them, they might feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not just rejecting their invitation. I'm rejecting them as a person, which I think, you know, and, and maybe some of us would feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. Any additional thoughts, Daniel? No, no. We don't have any either. We're good too. Okay. <laughs> well, he shared the least. That's why I was asking. I was told to keep my mouth quiet. <laughs> Whatever. You're doing a poor job. <laughs> Um, so next, next question is something for us to discuss is, is there a biblical command to invite others to church? No. Yeah. Next question. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) No, there's not, there's not. Jesus didn't, you know, (laughs) in his last days on earth go, Hey, make sure you invite people to church. The, so why an invitation to church, I think becomes a question. Cause I know you feel this way too, Mm -hmm. about like, we're not commanded to invite people to church. So we are commanded to go into all the world and make disciples. Disciple making is the command. Yep. Simply inviting to simply inviting someone to church is not the full act of making disciples. It's just not. Would I, we all would agree on that? I think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm not alone on that. Jesus also left the church as the thing to carry the mission forward and the platform for discipleship making the place for community mm-hmm. for togetherness for unity all of those things so while it's not complete fully completing the act of making disciples i do think it can be a step in a process and there's no command that says don't invite people to church um one thing I'm really passionate about is that when people here are here on a Sunday, that they do hear about the hope of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you invite somebody to come to, you're inviting somebody to a family event is what you're doing. And that's always meaningful. Yeah. You know, like I, I had friends that they were like a part of my family because we just were friends and then I invited them over to my house and then they kind of stuck. And when sometimes when we would go on vacation, they went on vacation with us. And sometimes when, you know, my dad would take me fishing and be like, does Jason want to go with us? Like if we see this as a family, we're inviting somebody to a family event and that's a meaningful experience for them and for me. And they're going to be exposed to some things that are life giving and can maybe begin the process. So is it a command? No, 
but I do think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I really appreciate that distinction. And, and I do believe it is, it is very important because if we're going to raise up mature disciples, um, those disciples have to be connected to and a part of a community of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that an invitation to church is an invitation, a taste of who Jesus is, of what he's offering, an invitation to come and see, come and taste, come and experience, and be invited into into even more. I think the my my initial like rub to this idea, um, and I'm not saying this is our heart or what we're doing, but but the danger of um, the invitation is it's easy for us as as Christians to take on that challenge of inviting and drop our responsibilities and responsibility of actually being Jesus to people. Um, you know, and I, and I think this is what I see and this is what breaks my heart is you're in a relationship with someone, a neighbor, a coworker who's hurting, looking for hope, looking for answers. They ask you a question and the response is, Oh, you need to, you need to come to my church and hear someone else tell you about the hope of Jesus that I have rather than sharing that. Let me share this hope. Um, and in the process, invite them into a community of hope filled people. And I agree with that. I, I think a qualification for that is the, the great thing about an invitation to church is it's it's accessible to anybody on their uh, spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, Cammy, you might be my neighbor. I've, I've just discovered who Jesus is. I've just discovered what the church is. And I've experienced something that has been like eye opening. I'm still on unclear on what it is. And so you come to me as my neighbor and you talk about something that happened and I might not have an answer. Yeah. But it's like, well, hey, I don't know, but why don't you come to New Hope with me? So it's accessible from that Totally agree. Yeah. And we do have uh, instruction, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, we're all at different places. And I. Well, it's the woman at the well. It's come and see a man who told me everything Mm -hmm. I ever did. Yeah. She didn't have the spiritual language for that. She didn't know any of that. It was just, this blew my mind and you need to come and see it. Um, It is uh, trying to say this without sounding discouraging or mean. When someone has been following Jesus for years, decades, and you know, maybe they don't know how to have the conversation pass, come to church. That is a problem. And that, that, yeah, that might not be their problem. Correct. That might be the church's problem. Yeah, my, yeah, um, absolutely. Because we haven't, we haven't rectified that that issue. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I definitely think it's an accessible approach, mm-hmm. but it's it can be an excuse to shirk right the mission we've been given. Here's here's a question that I have not um, like legitimately haven't thought through. So I'm just going to throw it out there for y'all to answer. Um, 
particularly looking at like New Testament, is there a difference? Because I think about the woman at the well and, and so many examples of people that would, you know, hey, you need to come here, this Jesus teach, mm-hmm. right? Is there a difference between an invitation to the person of Jesus that we see in the New Testament and an invitation to the church? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. Let me let me process that, <clears throat> and while I'm processing, I'll answer, just kind of continue the conversation we're having, because I, I think that's a fair question and a really good question. It might depend on, you know, your church, maybe, I don't know, but yeah. um, something that I love um, that our student ministry does every year, and Alex just got done, our student ministries pastor, with a series called Atomic Um, And it's all about how to share your faith. And I know a part of that is like inviting others to church. Um, But I love that he just got done walking our students through, hey, what does it look like to, you know, share your faith in a meaningful way, to know your story in a meaningful way and being able to articulate that? Because I do think the danger of making the invitation the thing is that that is the pinnacle of your faith in evangelism and sharing your faith is that inviting someone to church is the thing. And it's not the thing. It shouldn't be the thing. It it is an incredibly important step and a life-changing step. I mean, 80% of people say, yeah, I'm at church because of an invitation. It is a life-changing step, uh, but it can't be the pinnacle. And I think knowing your story, knowing your faith journey is such a huge, um, part of that. Um, and if we don't take time to really sit down and know that, to think mm-hmm. through that, mm-hmm. to write it out. Um, cause I feel like that is, um, you know, inviting someone to church, um, you know, how that's done can look probably 50 different ways, but I think the most impactful one is sharing how has the person of Christ impacted me? Um, you know, Hey, I, you know, I want to invite you into something and I'm only inviting you because of how it's impacted my life. Yeah. And there's a story behind this invitation. Mm-hmm. And which I, I don't know when you were talking about inviting someone into a family mm-hmm. thing, like it just made me think how many people um, have seen, hey, maybe there's something different about you. Um, I hear you talking about, you know, this family, this church family that you have, and I see you doing these things and they are waiting for you to invite them in and we haven't. And they're like, I guess they just don't want me to be a part of it. Like I just was thinking about that when you were talking about like, Oh, I would, I would love to be invited into someone's family and hang Mm -hmm. out and do all those things. So I don't know why we just first assume that they don't, they wouldn't want to be. I mean, I just think that's our first assumption, but anyway. Yeah, saying no for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just thinking about, like, it's God's will that all nations, all people hear about Jesus and and are redeemed through his grace. And that's our mission. Like, that's what his will is for our life is to tell people about that. Um, And so it's just something that we get to do it's awesome that we get to i don't know share yeah. share that it, 
I was just thinking of one example. Um, I used to work at a factory, um, I don't know, seven years ago. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a huge mission field. I did not, like, I did not have to go to Africa to (laughs) have a mission field. Um, But I was working with this one guy and honestly, his parents um, went here to church for years. And so I know that he also had came here, but he was um, telling me that he was a um, atheist, doesn't believe that, you know, there is a God. And so one day I had an opportunity to share and I didn't. And I was heartbroken that night. I was like, oh my goodness. So I woke up the next day. I'm like, God, please give me a second chance. So I was just praying. And so I think there's something to asking the Holy Spirit each day. Okay, help me to see uh, the opportunity and then to give me that boldness. So that night we ended up um, working on the same press line, which we usually never did. And he asked a question again. And for two hours, I, we, some people probably thought we were debating, but we were just sharing, he was sharing his faith. I was sharing mine and we just talked about it for two hours and all the other six people working on that line heard it. Like it was, everyone was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? (laughs) So I don't know. Um, I, I I didn't ask him to come to church because that invitation had been in his life for most of his growing up years. And I don't know if it made a difference or whatever. Um, but the next day he was like, we were talking about coffee and he's like, God only made one beverage water. And I was like, but you don't believe God exists. So how can he (laughs) make water? He just wanted to argue. Yeah. And he just laughed. So I don't know. I don't know why I told that story other than pray for the opportunities and then take them yeah and you may not see any fruit from it but going back to (laughs) daniel's question cammy you have any thoughts on that she doesn't remember the question you're gonna have to repeat the question (laughs) is inviting someone to experience jesus the same thing as inviting them to church yeah was that it yeah it's fair i agree i think it's how the church is there are some churches that jesus is not in ouch I think we talked about that. Yeah. Revelation three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When we talk about, and again, I am just spewing here. So yeah. <laughs> I may some say, say something I don't agree with in a week. Um, I just want to clarify that. Sound like me every single <laughs> podcast episode. I may not agree with what I'm about to say. If we are filled with the Holy spirit, we should be a reflection of that. So when we invite them to the family event, they should see that. Um, I, I think in essence, we are inviting them to experience Jesus. And, you know, there are certain things in my family that were Elkins don't do this and Elkins do this. You know, Elkins are always on time. On time is early. Mm-hmm. That was an Elkins thing. Elkins will do the hard work. You know, we, we had these, I say we, my dad had these things. And my friends began to understand those as well because they were just a, around my family. Yeah. It was, why are we leaving now? And, well, I don't know, because we get everywhere 20 minutes early. Like, that's what <laughs> we do. Um, Man after my own heart. <laughs> so I think if we... If, you know, living filled with the Holy Spirit, when we invite people to our community, we are inviting them to experience Jesus, I think. Yeah. 
But I also think people can experience Jesus outside of the walls of the church. Well, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, they better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes that rule is super annoying. Like when you've left yourself ample time to stop at a store and buy snacks. And because of your obsession with getting somewhere super early, you don't afford someone the opportunity to stop at the store and buy snacks. You should have bought the snacks earlier. Should have we had plenty of time, plenty of time. And I could have gone in with something better than a frozen pizza out of my freezer. Mom and dad are fighting. I I was thinking, are we the parents and they're the kids? I don't know. (laughs) Mikey, Danny, stop. (laughs) It's your last warning. I'm sorry. I didn't let you get something better than frozen pizza. The pizza ended up being good, though. I love frozen pizza. I did, too. It was was actually a really good one. What's wrong with that? Well, we could let today's sponsor be Detroit. (laughs) Well, never mind. Detroit something pizza. Totino's. I will also say say the Fernahoo's are the antithesis of the Elkins to be on time. In this family, we will show up 10 minutes late. (laughs) We try and squeeze in everything possible before we have to leave. It's incredible. Yeah. It's almost like you try. It's maddening. <laughs> it makes my brain want to explode. Anytime I'm better. we I'm go out better with Daniel not projecting and, yeah. my family stuff onto other people. Does Summer listen to this podcast? You know what? <laughs> I'm not real sure. <laughs> Mickey does. Okay. Well, Summer. I'm, I'm bad like, okay, so staff meeting, you know. Okay, I know it starts at 9 a.m., so at eight fifty eight, I'm like, well, yeah, I can reply to one more email, and I can get a know. cup of coffee, and I can, yeah, I'll do that during the meeting. Summer, if you're listening to this, I apologize, but anytime we go out on a date, I tell you guys fifteen minutes before, for sure, when also, I not, actually need you to be just there. Just for clarification, yeah. you're not going on a date with my with wife, Summer. Like we are going. <laughs> oh on yeah, a sure, double, sure. Double <laughs> just to clarify, I didn't even think it's about not it that, that kind way. Of church. I'm so pure hearted. I, I also think going back to the people can't experience, you know, God outside of the church, people will also use that as an excuse to go, oh, I don't need the church, you know, right. the woods yep. are my church yeah, or whatever it is. And I'm just like, yeah, you're wrong. Like, yeah. I, I'm glad that's you experience God in that way. For sure. But we are commanded to gather and to experience community and unity and, it's it's not an out yeah that's that has nothing to do with this that is a total side note but that's fair well let's uh let's maybe close by answering this question and um i don't have anything prepared for it so you know we can just talk about it hopefully kimmy you do uh did she yeah. yeah so how do you prepare to invite someone to church would you like to repeat yeah well if someone missed it <laughs> i used to work in a factory <laughs> i played national so, well, so one in, thing is so in very practical terms think of three people that you know that do not know jesus or are not in you know involved in gathering as a church and think about just pray okay how can i uh, invest in their life. And then I think before you invite them to church, you should invite them to coffee or invite them into your life in in a different way first. And it doesn't have to be difficult. Just, Hey, you want to get coffee? And then, you know, Hey, Easter's coming up. You want to come to church or whatever that looks like. But so just to be very practical. 
Yeah, to be very clear, we are not asking you to go, well, my neighbor goes to this church. I think he'd like ours. I'm glad wow. you're I'm glad you're talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, like hey, you should try our church, you know. It's not no. not what we're about. Yeah. Not what we, we're doing. We want to see the church grow. Yeah. And someone coming from another church is not church growth. It's lateral church movement. Mm-hmm. And and we want to mm-hmm. see the unchurched and those that don't have the hope of Jesus. Yeah. And that's what we want to see the kingdom expand. Yeah, no, that's what's great no. about the church is it's expressed differently and looks differently and some people, you know, how they connect with this, you know, with this body and this style and this demographic. And, you know, I've, I've had people who have messaged me like apologetically about like, Hey, I'm going here now, which by the way, rarely happens. I'm like, kudos. Like I, I legitimately, uh, I hope that you just fall in love with it there and yep. that your community is strong and all those things. Um, so, Clearly stating that's not what we're looking for. Um, I kind of equate it to this, and maybe this analogy falls apart because they all kind of do at some point. But I didn't go up to my wife and just go, hey, would you marry me? Like, there were a lot of invitations before that invitation. And, you know, like you said, ask, asking them to go to coffee. Or if it's a physical neighbor, mm-hmm. like – asking them over to your back patio or you see them out in the yard raking leaves, grab a rake and, you know, take your kids over there and start raking leaves with them or whatever it is, you'll end up in a meaningful conversation at some point. Yep. And it, an invitation to church might be an invitation that's months down a road. Mm-hmm. It yeah. might be, a, it might be pretty quick after you meet a neighbor or whatever, but there's a lot of invitations that can happen before that happens. Now, practically I know Easter is in a couple of weeks. Yep. That is a great opportunity to invite people because people are kind of thinking about those things. So I would say in specifically to this, how can we prepare to invite someone to church for Easter here? Who have you already been investing in and have a relationship with? Think about those people. Like you said, three people, even if it's one person, you have a neighbor that you've been just helping out and just go make the invitation. That's and great. Guidance really through good. the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and Daniel, I'm glad that you actually clarified that, um, even the wording of ch- kingdom versus church. Because when I say church, I'm thinking of the church, not our church. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate you using, like, we want to see the kingdom of God grow. And so I, I hope that there's somebody watching or listening to this podcast that doesn't go to our church. Um, they can utilize this, utilize some of the things Absolutely. that we're talking about uh, to grow the kingdom wherever they're at. Um, you know, and, and we even have, um, you know, some, some online people, one of the, one of those, I'm just thinking about like even Kira, um, and, and their family down in, in Texas. And what does it look like for, you know, someone that is not here to invite someone into something more? And, and maybe it's an invitation to, you know, your home or coffee or, yeah. you know, Hey, do you want to watch church with me or, you know, whatever. So, um, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Um, for me, just answering that question practically, how, how can I prepare to invite? Um, I I think for me, it starts with, um, perspective and the lens that I'm looking through. And a lot of times that means I have to be really intentional. Um, and so I pray this prayer a lot where I'm, I'm asking God, like, give me to see what you like, 
give me the eyes to see what you see because what God sees in my neighbor or, um, uh, you know, another parent at a volleyball match or, you know, whatever it may be, what God sees in that person is different than what my flesh sees. Right. And so I want to see them as God sees them. Um, I want God to open up my heart for those opportunities. And, and I think that preparing myself and being an intentional, um, inviting the Holy spirit into that process allows me, um, hopefully puts me in a place where I'm seeing needs. I'm seeing brokenness. I'm seeing people that, you know, I have this hope within me that man, if you could, if you could have this hope, it would be a game changer, like life changing for you. And just being able to, to see that, uh, and then respond in, in, to that need. Um, this is a little bit, maybe another level of that, but Cami had just recommended a, a book on discipleship. And, and so this is kind of in the context of, of discipleship language. Um, but it, it starts with an invitation, but, um, you know, he was talking about like seeing a, you know, this 20 year old kid who's far from, far from Jesus, you know, and far from the church and looking at him and going, if God's calling that kid to be the next lead pastor of this church, what, what, what needs to happen? What's step one? Reverse engineering. Yeah. In, in order for him to get to that place. And I think just having that mindset and perspective of, man, God could do something so amazing and reach so many people through that person. Um, what does it look like for me to start that process or at least join in and be a part of that process? Mm -hmm. I think I, just to summarize, I'm not going to add anything. I think that we've we've said a lot of great things. The, oh yeah, the common thread through it Especially all. Especially that last thing, that was gold. <laughs> the common th thread through it all, I feel like, is is intentionality. Mm -hmm. um, and and I even wonder if this, you know, 50 percent of Christians have not invited anyone to church in the last year. I wonder if that is due to just a lack of intentionality, and and not a heart of. Yeah, I don't want to invite right. anybody. I don't want anyone to experience what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't feel like, from my perspective, that it would come from a heart of, you know, that malicious. Like, yeah, I agree. I don't want anyone in on my thing. Um, but I feel like, man, if I were to put my finger on maybe something that could be, and obviously we don't know, but is just a lack of intentionality in, in connecting. Because I think that, no matter who you are, you ask, hey, who's one person that you can invite to church that needs the hope of Jesus that's far from God? I would be blown away if every single person asked couldn't figure out one person, mm -hmm. you know, a grumpy neighbor, a hard-to-work-with coworker, you know, whatever it is, um, or, you know, a family member that you love and care about, um, or a, a lost friend wayward soul what if a person you work with is in your office <laughs> and they are grumpy is that considered a grumpy neighbor that you work with yes. yeah <laughs> who is your neighbor <laughs> who is my neighbor um okay well anything uh, just open it up anything else we want to add before we uh close out this episode 
No. I'm not grumpy. I was, well, why I started laughing was I was thinking of grumpy people, and I'm like, I was thinking back to that picture my wife took of me. Like, I look like the grumpiest human on the face yeah. of the planet. Check it out. It's right here. 90% of the time, and I hate that. I hate it. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And then I try to, like, fix it, and people are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, <laughs> You're like I'm so happy. <laughs> I was literally doing one of the happiest things I could have done in that moment, walking out of a restaurant with sushi in my hand, <laughs> and I was so happy about it, and I literally was like, <laughs> like what is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm so thankful for Mickey. Despite your physical appearance, we know you as a very pleasant and happy person. Well, that's good. Not a grumpy guy. <laughs> It's when people, you know, and I appreciate them checking in on my spirit, but, you know, they'll be like, are you in a bad mood? I'm like, no, I'm really happy. Why are you asking me I'm this? overflowing with joy. I'm like, why is everybody asking me if I'm, like, you know, having a bad day? Like, have you seen your face? I'm like, oh, crap. Well, Kimmy. Sometimes my face looks so grumpy, it physically hurts. And I have to, like... Whew, stretch them out a little bit. Maybe this is why people don't invite others to church. <laughs> I'd go, but your pastor sure looks grumpy. He looks mad all the time. I've seen him at the volleyball games. That's he looks That's miserable. Didn't, didn't Emma play volleyball? Yeah, he's the he's the angry one at volleyball games. Oh, yeah. Angry, we're intense. There's a difference <laughs> between being angry and You're intensely just intense all the time. Well, cheering for someone. As the official yeah. of a field. Well, that's different. <laughs> Cammy, uh, you have our unofficial sponsor this week. I do. Week. I have it on. Let me get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the this is Hey Dude is shoes. Long. I've never um, seen that kind of Hey Dude. Yeah, good, isn't it? this is. I like this kind because it looks more like a tennis shoe instead yeah. of like the loafer boat shoe type. Look. I like the floral on the inside. Floral yes, inside. Yeah. it's probably a little sweaty. Maybe not like stick your finger in there, but um, just check it out. I <laughs> like it. It's super light. Like it hardly weighs anything, and it it's very, very cushiony. Yeah. And I have a really wide fat foot. Yeah, and so it's like I'm holding. You do air. not have a fat foot. I do. It's very wide, and so it does. Lots of shoes pinch my. Um, yeah. The front part of my feet, and this one does not at all. Oh wow! Look yeah, at that. yeah, yeah. So, and you can wash them, throw them in the washer. Um, That's great. Is that how you wash them? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to hand you wash them. Scrub it with your hand. Oh my goodness! They have lots of fun prints, colors, whatever. Um, I just went with basic what's, white. What's like price point on that? I want to say around fifty for 50 this bucks. one. So an affordable, yeah, yeah not bad. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Get you some hey dudes. All yeah. the all the cool kids are wearing them too. I know I see, that's why I, I see it youth group. Well, now you just made people that don't wear them think they're not cool. <laughs> well, if you're not, you're not. That's okay. Yeah, you're, you're a different kind of cool. Yeah, I, I have a pair. Cool so, candy. Oh, they're well, cool. Not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're right. super. Burn cool. them. I, apparently, they're for old people. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> old Nick, people with bipolar. Do you have any hey dudes? I do not. I don't either. <laughs> Interesting. I will tell you though. My dad would have worn them. They're like his style through and through. I have wanted to get some. I just, I know this is a weird statement for me to make because I like to buy shoes, but I like to reserve my shoe money for certain kind of shoes. So when it comes to like, what oh, kind of shoe is that? 
Just different ones. <laughs> we don't <laughs> to talk about that. Various. I didn't bring it up, okay? <laughs> My running shoes, okay? They're not cheap. So when I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy a $50 pair of lounge shoes when I can keep rocking what I have. But I have wanted a pair. Yep. Go get your size twelve. Wow, that seemed like size yeah, twelve. That's what I was waiting for that to drop. <laughs> no joke. If anyone out there buys him shoes, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> Me too, because this was my recommendation, and you're hijacking it. Maybe a gift card to no, Hey Dudes. <laughs> I'm just promoting your recommendation. It's good. You're being Weasley right now. I'm you not need being to, Weasley. You need to pump the brakes. Not being Weasley. <sighs> well, thank all. you, Cami, for our unofficial sponsor. Yes. This episode is not sponsored by Hey Dudes, mm-hmm. but they are unofficially but if they want to we listen (laughs) (laughs) till next episode we hope you guys have a great week couple weeks and uh we'll see you soon have a great week in the lord we'll see you soon